0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is episode number 26 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Audition, side jobs, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here. Thank you for listening to Living the Dream. My guest today is my pal, David Hall. He is a... Series regular on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, everyone's favorite musical theater TV show. Um, It is so much fun. If you haven't watched it, you should be watching it. Go binge that shit. It is great. Um, Rachel Bloom, who created it, is so funny. And Dave plays White Josh. And he's so funny on it. I've known him for a really, really long time since we were at the Goodspeed Opera House. He was in High Button Shoes. I was in Happy Days the Musical. This was over 10 years ago. So I've I've known him for a long time and have got to see him go from being in the chorus of, of Broadway shows to being a series regular on a TV show. I'm so impressed with how he approaches the business and how he got himself from the chorus and into and into a TV show. Um, he's been in New York. He's been in Los Angeles. He loves Los Angeles public transportation. This was a really fun conversation for me. It was great to get to catch up with him. I think you'll really enjoy his story. Here you have it. Here is David Hull. Uh, so you're in LA, right? I am,
1: yeah. Yeah, we're working wow. on um, Insecure, the show on HBO right now. Have you seen it? Did you watch it? Uh,
0: yeah, and I've seen both episodes you're on, <laughs> and um, uh, you yeah. gotta believe, I wanna know
1: everything. <laughs> I hope you were like, I holding on to your hat for my groundbreaking performance.
0: It was phenomenal, <laughs> and just the fact that you're like in her presence. I know. Because she is everything. She,
1: she really is, and she she really carries herself. Like you feel like you're in the presence of greatness when you're around it right. for sure, and she runs a, a really fucking cool ship too because everyone's like really hungry for um, civil conversations and right. discussing the political um, landscape, and the show obviously tackles a lot of that. So it's yeah. cool to be around her, uh, for sure.
0: I, I'm sure that's and this is the second show that you are on that is led by an amazing woman Strong first women. being a crazy yeah. ex-girlfriend yeah exactly Rachel Bloom who is a uh, force man. genius. yeah
1: she's a beast she's uh she's really just done her own thing with yeah. just disregarding any industry standard or or you
0: are White Josh.
1: I am White Josh, that is correct. <laughs> Which
0: Which <laughs> is the greatest character name I agree. ever. And I'm actually shocked that there is a character with the name White in it, and it's not played by me because I thought I had
1: <laughs> The White Market actually, locked
0: down. I'm the whitest person who ever walked the planet. <laughs> that so. is
1: true, and I'm sorry to have uh, snagged that role right from Thanks a lot. out from under you. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay so i i one of the reasons that i am so excited to talk with you is because your story over the last few years and how you got to where you are is so amazing and i feel uh is i've been really lucky to get to kind of peripherally watch you just make a decision i really feel like you just decided to do this that's
1: I think and you're maybe I, I, giving I, me more credit than I deserve. Well, I,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, and I, I'm giving you some credit here, is what, and I think it's the credit you deserve because I remember, you know, you were you were in the ensemble of Wicked, understudying uh, fear. Yeah, you were in Book of Mormon for a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. Like just crossed paths. I know, I missed you. Yes, and you were in How to Succeed. Yes. Um, yep. As well and you were in that broadway ensemble understudy
1: yeah track, yeah i probably that could that have world. chilled there for a while too i i um it's a Absolutely. it's a f- obviously a very fun world and obviously super exciting and it's nice to i yeah everyone makes tv versus uh stage comparisons all the time but one of them i think is you rehearse and you form this family and Then when you, even the shortest gigs last three months or something and these sorts of things, you can feel like sort of a part of the community, but you maybe work one day a month or, you know, two days a month and you never, you know, see those people again. So it's a, you don't have
0: that, that same bond.
1: Right, right. Uh, in some cases you do, and Crazy X is, is an exception to that rule for sure because everyone is just like a theater a theater weirdo and wants, right. wants that community, wants that...
0: Doesn't know how honor. else to be. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that that is a little bit redeeming there. But I think the only reason I... I mean, I, I was doing a play that came out here, um, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. And you were Spike. I was Spike, the uh, mind-numbing lunatic that was originated by Billy Magnuson and all of his insanity. Uh, Right. So really tricky shoes to step into, actually. So I wasn't feeling particularly secure or confident. I'm sure that that's an undercurrent for most people's people's stories. But even in times when it seems like you're doing well, it, it is tricky to feel like you have very much confidence or that you're you're doing, yeah. Very like well. you're out of your element. Yeah, we come, totally.
0: You went to University of Michigan for musical theater. Yeah, right? yeah, I did. So you know, like you know where to go when you show up to New York, right? And and you're auditioning Character for shoes those in roles. Hand. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure.
0: It's it's you are you you basically went to Los Angeles with a play. But I even remember you making this conscious effort before that because I passed you on the street and you were like. I'm doing plays now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was doing that bit for a while. I was like, I do plays now. I'm a a straight play actor. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you, but you did, and you did it. You know, like you really kind of were like, you, you, you decided to set a focus and say, and, and you probably had to kind of walk away from some stuff too.
1: Yeah, I did. There was kind of a weird moment. I got, um. Actually, this is a testament to my buddy Paul Claza, who uh, was the playwright for the first play that I did, and he just really, really wanted me for that play and They were kind of trying to stunt cast it a little bit and uh, obviously you don 't just want some chorus boy I, I, I get that and uh, and it was it was tricky, and I had to audition probably six or seven times and go through the ringer and have these work sessions with the director and get told no, and then they'd have another round, and then they'd have me back, and Paul just really, really believed in me, so he met with me, and he worked with me, and he and he gave me that burst of confidence that eventually did get me that show, and I had gotten something else, uh, to swing something else at the same time, and so it was kind of, it was one that I knew was going to run for a long time, and it was going to be a lot of money, or I could do this weird off-Broadway play that's going to make me no money less than unemployment, but is a really fun... Uh, weird, uh, terrifying, uh, enterprise. So I ended up doing that as a pretty significant risk and it turned me on so much. I loved it so much. And I always like going to work. I've always sort of been that kind of like dumb, dumb who just hop around and do whatever <laughs> comes, comes up and I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'm not, ai yeah. was never dissatisfied, but that was one of the first times that I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to love Clocking in every night right. to really, really get turned on by the idea of going to work, and I think that was kind of when I when I decided that a shift might be in order.
0: Right, you exercise a different muscle, and all of a sudden you're totally. like, "Oh, that's a whole new world." Yeah. and
1: it's terrifying. Exercise. It really is. And there's you know, yeah, there's nothing nothing quite so scary as feeling that uh, exposed and and all of your. Faults are on display, and it's just you. There's something really lovely about being in the chorus because you can just you can you can have your strong nights, you can have your off nights, and the thing still works because it's not really on on your shoulders. But
0: right, I mean, you're carrying the show as a team. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's it's and it's a lot more fun and in a lot of ways. But oh, it's um, so fun. I do miss that. Of,
1: I do miss that bad. I mean, you were in Mormon, yeah. you know what it, what that's yeah. like. It's yeah. so fun.
0: Yeah, and now I'm in Hamilton and I'm by myself all oh,
1: the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really get to interact with almost anybody.
0: No, no. On when stage, they, when especially. I'm on stage, I'm by myself, and yeah. they, you know. then I come off stage and they all run back on. Right, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in solitary confinement. It's all right. <laughs> um, uh, back to you. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. so you. You make this. Uh, you you go out and you do this this play, and it it really excites you. You pretty quickly. It was it was it that you got Sonia Masha, Vanya Sonia Masha, and Spike, and that took you to Los Angeles. How did you get to L.A.? Because I think that's one of the biggest um, difficult decisions for New York actors, especially when you do have something that's really good. And, yeah. You know connections like a lot of people go to L.A. and they're like, "Ugh, I have things happening in New York." Yeah, I had w- I had
1: one of those bouts actually, and I can't remember why I came out or when I came out. I think I think it was before, really, really, because right after really, really was when Mormon asked me to come in. So uh, I went back into Mormon for a little bit, and then while I was doing Mormon, I got Vanya, and that's right. what pulled me out uh, out west this last time. But I had done this once before, where I made that. That pilot season go of it that so many sure. of the New Yorkers have done, and it felt horrible. And this town is so weird, as everyone knows. And
0: yeah, it I just call pilot season rejection season totally. And it's, it's rejection like just in case season, you're feeling good about yourself, right, come on out right. to LA, right?
1: And it's rejection season for if the you didn't even get seen for anything, which was, yeah, you know, I couldn't get seen for anything, so I basically just came out here and sat in solitary confinement, as you say, for yeah, a couple months, and then limped back to New York and hoped that someone would hire me again and I did that once before and I I don't remember what inspired me to do that I think I was maybe just between jobs and I and I had a friend who had an apartment so it seemed like something I could do to kill some time I don't know that it felt especially impassioned uh but then when I did Vanya and I had an eight show week out here and I had a little community and I had something that resembled our experience in New York, it all became a lot more palatable to me. And obviously, going to a few auditions and not getting a call back or not, not having any interest is all softened by the fact that I had a show to go do that night. So at the end of the day, right. I, it was a lot more uh, palatable. That go round. And then it was right after that that I started working on the show, The Middle, this sitcom, The Middle.
0: All right. And just a few episodes. Patricia other, Heaton.
1: Patricia Heaton. That's right. From Cleveland, Ohio, my hometown. Yes, she, she is. She's like a diehard Cleveland sports fan, too. Yes, she is. Last year, Believe Land, it was a mayhem there at those stages. Yeah. I'm told. Yeah. But I just did a couple episodes of it. But that was really the sort of like getting your feet wet moment that that made me think I could, I could maybe do that for a little bit and, and sit tight. It's funny because I, I don't really ever remember having a moment where I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a go of it. Like I, fe- I feel like a lot of people have that sort of high-minded forethought, and that that never really was was my point. I think I'm just <laughs> kind of one of those guys. I think I'll just do whatever, whatever's what in front next? of me. <laughs> yeah, kind of. What's in front of you. Might be, well, I mean, you oh, strength, you, it might be a weakness. but
0: <laughs> At a certain point when you've been around long enough you realize that's what you have to do you only have so much control so
1: right progress. i think that is i think that is where that comes from you might be right yeah
0: but you definitely were like the other side of that is you have to take the chance you know right. you have to take the the audition you have to put the work in and you have to decide like no i can do this and nobody can do that for you you know right. like that thing of you feeling like not comfortable being out of your element, right. you were the only one who can really kind of push through that. Yeah, And I feel like there was a moment where you just
1: did. It's also about listening, not to get too ridiculous, but about listening to the universe and, and finding the signs. And I think at that point it would, have been a, it would have been a really tricky task for me to go back to New York after Vanya because I had a really cheap, fully furnished apartment out here. I had let my apartment go in New York. Everything was in storage right I, it felt it felt like i was going against the grain to try and get back there and even though that probably was the more reasonable course of action i just sort of rode the wave a little bit and saw where it took me and yeah you know money's an issue and all these things are issues and i realize that that not everyone is in a position to be able to do that but there you know there's always a way there's always a method and
0: it, don't you and you, you were finding ways even to stay in, in la you've always Worked any th- any job that you've needed to talk
1: about my janitor job, Rory?
0: I am talking about whatever you want to I'm talk about. I'm very proud of my janitor <laughs> exactly.
1: job because but I like, am head janitor now. So that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I, I what I want, but did you, I, I when I saw you in LA, and when I saw, like, you are making this happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. When like, I saw you, you a comedy some, seller. Yes. I remember that the, Well, the Comedy Store. Comedy, comedy Store, store. Excuse Yes, me, excuse, me, excuse me. When you were, yes, but you were in L.A. Pauly Shore, you, right?
1: So I, How could I forget?
0: Yes, yeah, Pauly Shore. The legendary
1: yeah. Pauly Shore, my, my number one icon, idol. There you go. Yeah. Um, Very familiar with the Pauly
0: Shore canon. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, when I saw you there, uh, because you were supporting me in my... Stand-up comedy in Los Angeles, which was very generous of you. That was not generous. Um,
1: that was generous of you <laughs> to share those stories with me. That was fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> um, but you know, I was like, "Dude, you are doing this. You're doing it, and and you're gonna." And I could see that you were like, "I'm gonna make this happen." And you're not not like crazy ambitious about it. It's not like, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you were taking work to stay in LA. And I think that so many people don't want to have that conversation, like, you know, that that you don't need to feed yourself in the meantime between... Yeah, and it sucks. I mean,
1: I was 30 already. It's like, what, you know, at that point, it feels like starting over again. And not that 30 is over the hill or anything, but it does feel like I should be an adult. I should at least not be, you know, taking side gigs to try and make rent, but... You know, it's all. But
0: damn it, if you're gonna make it happen, you have
1: to. Exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. And that's the fun of it. That's a fun journey. I, I think. I don't. I don't know. I think that a lot of people are so focused on whatever that end result might be that they have imagined for themselves. And I mean, as cliche as it is, you kind of miss the ride of it all. And, you know, the most successful people we know are still on that ride. You know, no one has arrived anywhere. No one has any satisfaction. No one feels like, oh, I've done it and now I'm done. It's always insecure about what's coming next, insecure about the thing you've just done to see how it's responded to. And, you know, it's always kind of uncertain, always. So, you know, idealizing this one end result Is short-sighted. I I think so. I I think you're right. Finding finding some joy in the in the ride of it and letting it play out, however it's going to play out. Not trying to fight it too too aggressively. I mean, you have to make decisions. You have to control your path a little bit, but you also have to listen to the world around you.
0: Right. You have to. It's it's a balancing act. Yeah. But I, I think that you. You had already gone through that period of time in your 20s when you go to New York and you have to, like, you you know what it takes to put yourself into a city, into an industry, and not have any guarantees and be scared as hell. And then you. And nothing is
1: so ruthless as New York, obviously. Right. So, yeah, LA does seem less daunting after doing that in New York. The first time I moved to New York, I was trying to drop out of. College after my freshman year, I was gonna move
0: oh, to LA okay.
1: actually, and really? uh, I had some fight with the girl I was dating at the time, and we anyway we ended. I ended up going to New York, she ended up going to LA, and right. in New York, I I think someone had taken someone from the theme park I worked at when I was sixteen had taken a job at a regional theater, and their apartment in Queens was sitting empty, and I was like, I don't have. Your $700 rent, but I could possibly scrape together two or three if it's just gonna sit there empty. And he agreed right. to it, so I was trying to make like a $300 rent. I was working two retail jobs in Soho. I was interning at a talent agency on a couple days off. I had bed bugs at one point. It was the summer of the brownouts. Oh I don't know if you
0: remember the rolling yeah, brownouts
1: yeah. in New York. It was yeah. so hot, it was
0: horrible. I think that was 2003.
1: 2003, that's it. And then yeah. I was doing this one waffle with applesauce for breakfast, one waffle with applesauce for dinner. That was all I ate, basically because all I could afford. And I ba- I ran kicking and screaming back to college. I was like, take me to my safe space. <laughs> I, I missed the, the pillowy uh, undergraduate experience. So I ended up... In Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor. Beautiful. The fucking Arbor. best. Man, what a great place. What was
0: your college experience like after you decided to... Uh,
1: it was kind of weird, actually. I, um, I didn't have any training, really, uh, when I was growing up, so I was definitely, I had a bit of a, I was working against a bit of a deficit, and um, I t- really took to this one professor, her name was Linda Goodrich, she was, she ended up being my mentor and one of my best friends, she's still one of my best friends, talk to her all the time she's a wonderful human being and she saw something in me that a lot of other people didn't. So she kind of took me under her wing and she taught dance, but she was also a director. So she was sort of, you know, creatively inclined and really interested in storytelling. And so she started letting me assist her as director and choreographer. So I sort of took on that path. And once I did that, the, the other stuff felt a little less daunting kind of, because it was coming from a storytelling place in my brain for some reason and uh and she really just i that was that was what clicked for me she really she really turned everything around for me and then she was the one who hired me for my first tour the kids bop concert tour not sure if you're familiar with kids bop with a z it's uh wait
0: wait is that where they do all the pop hits sure is but
1: uh for pg audiences sure is we played at least five towns, and they were beautiful towns. <laughs> Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, I remember was one of them. Schenectady, maybe something like that.
0: Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this tour? Yeah. Like, you just go to the small towns? So, and it's...
1: yeah, they tried. They were doing it as, like, a test to see if it was the sort of thing that could have a broader audience, and then it would maybe go on sure. an arena tour like a Disney on Ice or something and try and I make see, some real money. But uh, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> Buck, Buck stopped with us in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So <laughs> But anyway, she hired me for that. She hired me for the first job I did out of school, which was High Button Shoes at the Goodspeed Opera House. Not sure if you're familiar. Turn of the century I am familiar, Julie stuff. I was there. Do you remember that? Oh my god, out? that's right. Of course. Yeah.
0: Happy I Days. I was doing Happy Days the musical. How could
1: I forget with Felicia Finley? Yes. She lived downstairs we for me. We were
0: doing High Button Shoes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Movie. I forgot.
1: Yeah, so I was doing that and then it was when I was doing that that I got the Wicked Tour and I, I remember getting that call and being like, Wait, what? I get to be in wicked? Are you kidding me? Wow. This was in like two thousand seven, so it wasn't brand new, but it was new enough that it was like
0: Yeah, holy and it shit. came out when you were in college, so it was totally. like a show. Totally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Man, theater's fun. I mean, <laughs> <it's> theater. <laughs> remember, that? remember that? Remember that theater? Yeah. Mr. Hollywood. Oh please. Uh, so you see so you went on tour with Wicked yeah you had a good experience yeah and I jumped right from that How long tour were you on
1: tour I was out there for a year and a half and I then I got the chorus line tour when I was doing that so I went back out on tour immediately and as Wicked was going west to play all the western seaboard, the chorus line tour was coming east so I then for another year and a half played the exact same towns I had just played. I had the same dressers in every city it was so weird. It was like Groundhog Day. Wow. It's very strange, um, but really, really cool. And I felt like I got to know those cities pretty well. We ended up going to Japan on that tour. That was that was awesome.
0: Wait, so so you are you're a great dancer. You said that going to where did you get your dance training? Like you went into University of Michigan with no dance training, or yeah, yeah. Well, wow.
1: I say that. I <laughs> when I was in high school I got a job at the local theme park, um, which is called King's Island. Oh, uh, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, well you're Hello. you're a
1: northerner, so the monster. you're more we have of a cedar, cedar point. Guy. So yeah, no, we have the better theme park. Okay, parks well, maybe some better roller okay. coasters. Uh possibly worse for entertainment. Um <laughs> We had some <laughs> stunning performances. I don't know if you know I, anything yeah, about no my doubt. theme park days, Rory, but I was very good <laughs> in I, the I have no doubt. pop and country reviews five times a day in the sweltering Southern Ohio Valley heat. No doubt. There was one <laughs> show. It was called <laughs> Graveyard Shift, and it was <laughs> coming on the tail end of... Uh, do you remember Universal Studios used to have this Beetlejuice rock yeah, review yeah, yeah. with like, you know, The Bride of Frankenstein and other classic Universal monsters? Uh-huh. Well... King's Island, which was then affiliated with Paramount, wanted to capitalize on some of the success of that show, so they created their own version of that show, but with none of the licensed monsters, so <laughs> so it was just sort of a graveyard-themed monster show, but in just May, June, July, just during the summer, and uh. we didn't have any real monsters, so it was was Dr. Funkenstein, who's like the Frankenstein character, just fully ripping that off. Just knock off. Scare, Queen of the Fright, who was Cher, but also Whitney Houston, I guess, because of Queen of the Night.
0: Wait, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Scare. (laughs) Cher. Scare. Scare. Queen of the Fright, you see. You see how clever that is?
0: My goodness. Yeah.
1: And then I played Patch. I was pieced together with lots of the body parts of other dead creatures after the first number, they threw all the body parts into a tomb and then cast some sort of spell and then created me, my second number arrival, real star entrance, I think. Uh-huh. I was Patch, I sang, I get uh-huh. knocked down, and then Dr. Funkenstein said, I dig him up again. You see. <laughs> you see how good that is? And then the, that is, and then the chorus came on and said, brilliant. Stitching the Night Away. Night Away. And that little interlude? Stitching,
0: Stitching the Night with Away. With
1: huge cartoon like needles with thread hanging off them. The dancers doing like, you know, Batmas and stuff.
0: It was well, very good, and then uh, my
1: love interest Medusa, who's just from mythology, not of course,
0: not no copyright there.
1: <laughs> you can say that one that's all you definitely want. definitely past the And she years. had those little um, plastic snakes from uh, party bags in her wig. Uh, oh, and I okay. had a Billy Idol wig and a Britney Mike. It was can, wonderful. Do you
0: have Oh, I'm sure I do. Yeah. I, I'm you're after this, please. Oh, yeah. I want to see patches. Yeah. You're going to need to see patches. those. Cause. So what you're saying here is that you got all your dance training as from patch. patches. From pa- patch. Great. Just... <laughs> I mean, that makes so much sense yeah, to yeah, me yeah. that you were just instantly. You know, right. It translates to a chorus line pretty, oh, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay
1: i uh, i also had to sing walk this way which they didn't change any lyrics to and i don't really know why it was in in there but i sang it entirely in my head voice which is a, just a fun fact to comment a, on a the head quality
0: voice? yeah because i couldn't Cause you're sing that like shit a boy soprano just walk <laughs> this
1: way. you're not far off the mark bud
0: oh, no. <laughs> yeah it's good i i now i need a video I need to see. I don't know if I have a someone's video. Someone's got to have that.
1: Oh, there was a Mambo number 5, where he just, instead of girls' names, he sang uh, body parts.
0: It was pretty good. <laughs> Wait, that was your song, too? Oh, no, no, that was No, that was, was Dr.
1: Frankenstein. That was an audience participation uh, oh, he song. He was the lead. He yeah. was the lead, yeah. Although I had the, the late star arrival. So sure. it depends on how you want to. Sure.
0: You were the King George that's, of. That's right. The bit part. Of the, what it was it called? The late night shift?
1: Graveyard shift.
0: And it took place shift,
1: in a graveyard in June. I think it must that have is... been very confusing for the audience. I can't imagine walking into that, you know, late May and just no. everyone's <laughs> like everyone's monster dead costume.
0: and <laughs> you're in you're pieces of a person yeah, stitched together? Person. Yeah, patch. That, wow. is, that is so sick. And then
1: I fall in love with Medusa and we do something called the love <laughs> the love shock, you know
0: like love just like it now but it's a shock machine affiliated with kids bop
1: no no (laughs) this feels very similar but also with lyric changes that is sort of a through line in my career (laughs) is popular music with slight lyric changes to, so, to suit the audience.
0: <laughs> um, I, when I was in high school, I uh, was Raggedy Andy mm. for three Christmases mm. in a row. Where at, was this? Uh, Tower City. It was Tower City, downtown Cleveland. Yeah. They still have Raggedy Ann and Andy every Christmas at Tower City. What would you I've, do? Have people have taken pictures. They must be using the same costumes <laughs> that I wore 20 years ago. And that is... Filthy. yeah that's not great
1: not it, ideal I mean
0: lo- you know we would like play with kids oh it kids was just would, sort like,
1: of an experiential thing people could come yes, in there
0: wasn't I think we had like a show every hour oh. where there was like a voiceover and we would pretend we were talking uh-huh but we didn't like have lines or anything
1: how old were you at this
0: point um I think I was like 15 16 17 so
1: old enough to know exactly what you're doing
0: I had to know how sad it was, <laughs> and also I, I once I had a dress as a dinosaur, oh. wear the head and everything, yeah. and I started dancing with a little girl mm-hmm. who was probably like four or five, and I, and she was like, "I love you, dinosaur," and I'm like, "Okay, she's really cute," and I'm dancing, and I can't see her. I'm just holding on to her hand, uh-huh. and we're dancing, and we're dancing. Five minutes, ten minutes pass, and I'm like, I can't keep dancing with this little girl. I'm like getting. Sick, spinning in the circle. And all of a sudden I hear this little girl go, Dad, why is that dinosaur spinning in a circle by himself? I wasn't holding on to her hands. I was holding on to myself. To your
1: own hands.
0: To my own Costume. dinosaur body, <laughs> thinking that it was her hands. So I literally for 10 minutes just spun around in a circle, yeah. thinking I was giving a girl her life. Like,
1: yeah, the chance of a lifetime.
0: Yeah, um I once I kicked <laughs> off I kicked off my foot, I was doing a little dance, and I kicked off my foot, and there was like blood curdling screams from kids <laughs> that the dinosaurs
1: I think I missed this off. step Is this at the same event where there was also a raggedy Ann and Andy?
0: Yes, because we didn't we changed seasons unlike. You know, oh uh, okay. island. Seems like okay. there's an
1: implicit criticism there, and I there don't care. Is. For I it. mean,
0: that's very strange <laughs> that you guys had Halloween all year round. We had Christmas <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> We're strange up in the north.
1: Okay, and I was then, not in charge of programming. Please don't come to me <laughs> with your criticisms.
0: In the summer, we had dinosaurs. Oh, because, I see. You know, that is very summer. In the summer. That
1: is a very summer themed costume, dinosaur.
0: Absolutely,
1: dinosaurs. Only existed in the summer, known fact.
0: It's true. Before <laughs> the asteroid, right? Um, so we, as actors, we do have to do a lot of crazy things mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to experience our craft early on. Sure. Um, and clearly, we were both both uh, inspired by patches by Raggedy Andy. It was
1: just Patch, and you keep uh,
0: you keep doing um, that.
1: It seems a little I do. disrespectful. <laughs> Good. Um <laughs> Raggedy Andes, I guess.
0: <laughs> I mean I guess in a way we were pretty much the same character. Yeah, we kinda of were. That's interesting. Did you
1: have a second number star entrance?
0: I didn't have a first number. Ah,
1: exactly. They didn't put you together during the first number, did they? That mm-hmm. was the main plot point, was putting patch together.
0: I mean, what else was there narratively? It doesn't seem like anything <laughs> well, else was going on. Well, Love
1: Shock, as I mentioned. And then Love Shock kills us, and she has to bring us back to life with shares. Do You Believe in Love After Life, you see? No. Yep.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> see
1: how they changed that around? And the finale this was is... Prince's Let's Get Crazy with no lyric changes, just a nice celebratory Let's Get Crazy, Let's Get Well, nuts. good,
0: because that would be sacrilegious. Exactly. This
1: is, this they did insane. do Queen of the Night, but changed it to Queen of the Fright, even though Queen of the Night already suits the theme. I can't imagine that's for licensing, because they're not getting any of that licensed.
0: No. No, there's, someone's going to have a lawsuit on <laughs> King's Island after this
1: podcast. After this, after the world knows.
0: Wow. Okay, so I'm so glad that at least um, ten minutes of our discussion has been based <laughs> On the Kings Island theme park, yeah. uh, entertainment. Well,
1: it had a. It was a rich uh, teenage couple of years there for me, and okay. I, I mean, honestly, all jokes aside, that was kind of the only. That was the only exposure I had to the performing arts, especially as a profession. I, we're just not a, an especially cultured family, and you know, since mm. the not an especially cultured area, so. There was no conversation of lessons or uh, right. you know regional theater or anything like that until I started doing that. And I, you know, I did the school plays and stuff, but that was about it. So this, that was really right. the that was sort of a, a a transition point for me, I think.
0: Right. Well, now you make me feel bad for making fun of yeah, that, that how it. Yeah. How dare you insult?
1: <laughs> the only good thing that ever happened to
0: me. Okay. Okay. So you get, so, but that's a, that's a big leap. You go to University of Michigan. Yeah. Oh, so, so a lot
1: of the people who worked at the park were on their summer vacations from, you know, well-known institutions. And some of them actually would do winters in Branson or other areas where there's year round entertainment. And so a lot of the people in the shows with me, there's sort of a transitional time for the, for the park. And so a lot of people were in their thirties. They were like well-trodden professionals who had been just hustling through the theme park and regional theater circuit for right. their twenties and thirties. And so I think it started to dawn on me that this was something you could actually make make a life doing. And then some of the people at um, at the park, you know, told me about the auditions for their schools. So I went and auditioned for a bunch of schools. Didn't get into very many which seems strange because of all of my training doing Patch, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one of them gave me a song. I didn't know any music theater songs. It was so embarrassing.
0: But you got into University of Michigan. I know. I mean, so University of Michigan great
1: school. is one of those, you know, I, I fucking love them because it's one of those potential schools. They, they're not looking for super polished, although that may have changed now because it's, you know, now there's like a YouTube submission portion and then they do a cut. Off of YouTube, and then they invite certain people to come in after that. Oh, I didn't know. I would have never gotten in if I had to do it now. But at that point, it was they were really, really gracious and really encouraging, and and kind of saw something in me that I don't even think I saw in myself. Which is that's it, man. That was that was the potential. Yeah. And so then, and so
0: you—that's where you got your dance training. I'm sorry, just because dancing is such of a, a thing that has, you know, eluded me in my career. It's such a, a thing that I find so fascinating. I can't imagine like not having any training and going to University of Michigan and coming out and being able to go into how to succeed yeah. on Broadway and do the kind of dancing that you did, which was insane. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny because I, because of uh, my background, I have never felt incredibly confident as a dancer even in all of those chapters when I was doing chorus line or doing a Rob Ashford show, which is obviously, especially dance heavy. Right. So there, you know, there's some part of me that was just sort of intrinsically rhythmic. I could get that part of it and I'm kind of a good mimic and I was always in, I always did sports. So I was always kind of athletic. So I could, I could piece together some parts of it, but the foundation wasn't there. The sort of, um, the structural part of it was never there so it was always me asking my body to do something that it didn't really want to do which i think <laughs> is also part of why the transition was a little easier for me cuz it it really did sure. take a toll on my body and it really i was i was really overexerting myself i was i was i was asking way too much of my my poor knees that didn't want to turn out they didn't want to turn out
0: that is literally the best description that I could use for myself of why I'm not a good dancer. It's asking my body to do something that it does not want to. Yeah.
1: Your brain can figure it out, but your body is like, what the fuck dude?
0: Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Enough. Why are you, why are you moving like this? This is abnormal. Like it, it fights me. Yeah. Always. Um, Okay, so, so you go and you're on the tour of Wicked, you're on the tour of a chorus line, mm-hmm. you come back, you do How to Succeed. Am I skipping something there?
1: Uh, Yeah, I went into. Uh, what did I do? Oh, I did a Cyrano de Bergerac adaptation called Calvin Berger that Kathleen Marshall directed. Man, that oh. seemed like a fancy freaking gig. Yeah. Time? I don't know like a sure thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a George Street. <laughs> which is a cool little playhouse in New Jersey. I did that for a little bit. And then Wicked, because I had done the tour, asked me to come into the New York company while I was doing that. I see. So I jumped into that for a little bit. And then, I don't know. I think I, oh, I did Saved. Remember when they did the musical Saved?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: They took that down to Kansas. They did it off Broadway, and then they took it down to Kansas City Rep to try and and give it another go, revamp it a little bit. That was when I worked with Felicia Finley. And we found out that we're maybe distant cousins. Because we have the same, like, Appalachian hillbilly ancestors.
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: She's, she's the best. When we were doing... Oh, yes. um, where were we? Goodspeed. She lived downstairs for me, and she'd be, like, having a whiskey and Coke, but it was in the days of Coke Plus. Do you remember this? And they had, like, yeah. Coke Plus Vitamins. So her argument oh, yeah. would always be, like, you know, you can have the drink because it's plus vitamins.
0: So right. it's basically... It's healthy. It's a healthy drink. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a kale smoothie. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, right. no, that,
0: that, that was the, that That summer was so much fun so at the Goodspeed.
1: I would, it I was I crazy. loved it there. We were there for a long time, a lot longer than you guys were, I think. But it was fun. Well,
0: fine. yes and no, because we, you guys were there for a season, so you were probably like there for four or five months. Yeah.
1: But you had we done one doing... of those before, hadn't you? At
0: Goodspeed? No, Speed? I'd never, I'd never been there until that summer. Oh. But then we did it that summer at their, um, you know, New Works stage. Right, right. While you guys were at the main stage, and then we came back. We did it at the Paper Mill, and then we came back and did it in the season. So I was at the Goodspeed for six months.
1: Oh, that you, year you came, you brought it back to the main stage.
0: Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Then we came back and did it on the main stage. So I was at in East Haddam, Connecticut, <laughs> at the Goodspeed Opera House, chilling Ward. by that swing bridge. That there's nothing That's all I got. to do, but. It's beautiful. It is And it is. it's like going on a retreat with just a bunch of of performers and six months is artists. a big ask. But yeah, it is. It's a lot. I didn't
1: get sick of I, it. You what I didn't get sick of it really over the I mean I was only there for four. Six is a
0: lot. It was a lot. But um I had a car that for So you go back to the city four months. I was going back in the city and that's actually, you know, to be honest, like just to tell the short story of like why I'm so glad I went back is that um, I had been doing Happy Days for, like, years for Gary Marshall. Yeah. And the last time I was like, Gary, I don't think I can do this for another four months. I've already done it. You know, I think I need to move on to do something else other than Richie Cunningham, which I'd been doing by for, like, four <laughs> years at that right, point. Right, And he was like, you'll come, you'll do it, it'll be great. We'll have one more shot at it, you know. And he's like, and I remember, like, Really making this big decision, like, okay, I'll go, I'll do it, I'll bring a car, it'll be fun. And I showed up that summer, and someone in the ensemble, Zach Frank, we were going back to New York every week. I was t- giving him rides back into the city for the day off. And he said, You should meet my friend who I went to college with, Gerald Schroeder. I think you guys would really hit it off. My husband. Oh, and that's how I met him. And if I had suggest. not said yes, to oh, you, doing that show. I didn't know that. I never would have met my husband. Is
1: he still out here?
0: Um yes, I brought him to Los Angeles. Yep, and then you abandoned and then I him abandoned immediately. Him. <laughs> immediately <laughs> which is the best way to keep a marriage going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I I I moved him out to LA after we got married and I did that series 10 episodes with Kelsey Graham and Martin Lawrence uh-huh. and I was like, you know, we're going to LA live in You'll love it out here, and moved him out there. My show falls apart, and he gets a great job. And so I thought I was just going to you know, get pregnant, and we were going to be doing the California thing, but then Hamilton called, and I I just left him. Yeah. 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 No, and we've been making it work all year. So he's still there. I'm in San Francisco, and by August, I'll be back.
1: Hey. Hey. Are you staying here after it moves on? Or are you staying on the road?
0: Um, this is the edited portion of the oh, yeah. uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot no, it's I forgot what we were doing. No, uh, you know, the, the, the truth is... No, I don't even know. I'll decide if I'll take this out or not. I, I We don't know. You know, we don't know. It's a, it's like a year ago I was in a musical called Nerds right. in New York. right. You know? Ah, and so... Blast. We can't, well, it, it is, it's a, it's a bummer, but it's also like why I'm in Hamilton. Yeah. So I don't think that I can figure out exactly what I'll be doing a month from now, let alone at the end of the year. Cause right. the show Hamilton will be there until January 1st, yeah. 2018. So I can guarantee that I'll be enjoying It's in LA the until Lull January the 1st. Yeah.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. No, no, we're going to be there for five months. Oh,
1: that's, that's awesome. Are you in San Fran yeah. for that long?
0: Yeah, we've been here three months, and we'll be going to, uh, well, we'll be here till August 5th. Ah. So, yeah, I mean, it's been great to, like, really get to enjoy San Francisco yeah. and go to Los Angeles. And I think everyone in the cast is really excited to get to L.A., too, yeah. and kind of you know see that side of the business it's nice just like you went with vanya sonya Mash and spike yeah. to go with the show to go with the thing that you know you can do well and be yeah. seen in that city and for... it's fun
1: to go with a show that is hyped and well received and that a lot of right. people are going to come see and
0: right that they maybe didn't get a chance to check out in new york right and you can you know if
1: you meet people out when that's a that's a great name to drop
0: what Hamilton? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like no. It'll that's... get you. It'll get you fast food. Yeah. It'll. That's, yeah. So, that's so far. <laughs> I have utilized it at fast food restaurants sure. to get um, an extra side of fries. They
1: gave you free but, fries. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. I know. I, I mean, I didn't realize it was honestly, that powerful. It doesn't get better than it's very powerful. <laughs> um, no, we're we're really excited to be there and. um you know, I, I, I love Los Angeles. What are your thoughts about the city itself? It's very different from New York. Yeah. A lot of New Yorkers come there and they have a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. What are the pros and the cons of it for you? I
1: don't think I'm going to bring anything mind-blowing to this conversation. But yeah, it's just sure. uh, it's a terribly inefficient town with a lot of... Pockets of uh, secrecy, so you you know you just do a lot of isolation and a lot of uh, wondering what else is going on outside of whatever pod you're confined to. Right. And there's not In a
0: lot of pockets of secrecy. That sounds like you're running with the CIA out there. Yeah, What's yeah going
1: Pretty on? high stakes you're... life I lead out here. Wow. No, you know what I mean. It's just like there's yeah. always something yeah, going on behind closed doors. I feel like New York has this really cool. Environments where everyone from every walk of life, from every economic profile, still shuffles into the subway and somehow occupies the same space. And because right. of that, there's such a community and you run into people you know all the time. And there's, you know, that city has boundless surprises in store. and And this one... This one is not like that. You won't see anybody unless you've made a plan two weeks in advance and canceled twice and
0: rescheduled and then you finally right. run into right. each other. But you have been a very big advocate, <laughs> or at least putting on social media, sure. of the public transportation in Los Angeles. I appreciate that that Angeles. noticed. <laughs> oh, I'm watching you. Yeah, <laughs> I know what's going I, on. I
1: think I'm, it must be exhausting. My friends uh, have had about enough of it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. I take the train. I only bike and train. I got rid of my car. I have a 1971 pickup truck, but it's, you know, gas, gas is, I'm worried about the environment, so I'm trying not to drive that very frequently, and also it's 50 years old, so it doesn't really want to drive, I can't valet it, it's hard to park. So anyway, I basically just bike and take the train pretty much everywhere, or Uber if it's a particularly tricky journey. Um,
0: which is, it, that that has really changed Los Angeles, because I lived in LA in 2003 to 2006, and you know, you couldn't take cabs anywhere, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. when you're in a situation in LA now, you just you, get a lift or Uber. And it's and cheap,
1: and it's cheaper than cabs. way and cheaper it's than New York. Sometimes yeah. I'll look, and the train's a dollar and a quarter, which is insane, first of all. And it's pretty comprehensive, and I don't want to get on the pedestal for too long, but it is, it is comprehensive and getting more comprehensive and they're spending money on that infrastructure and they're petitioning for the olympics in in another decade so they're building even more as an effort to say look how easy it is to get around everywhere so they're building a line on wilshire all the way out to the beach and right now they have one on exposition that goes all the way out to the beach and if they get one that crosses those two you can get anywhere in this town i mean you have to uber on either side or bike on either side but Yeah, There are options. Once you get there. And there didn't used to be options, as you're saying. I remember the first time I was out here, we tried to take a cab from Santa Monica. No, from Hollywood to Santa Monica. And we were on Santa Monica Boulevard going out past that Mormon... uh, is that yeah. Mormon church that's on? The Mormon temple. Yeah, the temple yeah. right
0: there. on Santa Monica. It's huge. And
1: I had $30 in my pocket, and I thought that would be plenty, obviously. And $30 hit at that Mormon church. It was pouring down rain from, you know, that never happens in LA. <laughs> so we Just had, in
0: this situation. Yeah,
1: so we had to get out at the $30 mark and run for a payphone, because they still had those, and call a friend had to come pick us up. Because we couldn't even make it wow. from Hollywood to Santa Monica. Anyway, uh, yeah. It well, you're going to have to tell
0: I want to know all the details of the train situation because I need to figure out how to get from where I live, which I won't cool. reveal oh, here, here to the it. Pantages Theater. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I want to know. I want uh, two, to know. Two, I, two, Gerald six. and I share a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just tweet out my phone number. It's all good. <laughs> okay. You're, you're not no, going to
1: no, like it. There is a way from where you live to the Pantages, but it's not, it's not especially uh, okay.
0: efficient. It takes it takes a long time.
1: It takes two trains and you gotta go through downtown. Right. But right. if you're up right. for the bus,
0: there are a lot of options. Alright. I'm up for anything. I'm gonna get a bike. Get a bike. I'm gonna I'm gonna get creative. The, the buses not...
1: have bike racks on the front. You can just throw it on there, you go sit, someone drives you. Traffic doesn't matter. You can yeah. read, you know, about right. our challenging political climate or whatever you whatever you care to
0: read about. Great segue because I just want to uh, um, talk to you a little bit about our political climate, just in the sense of like how you've been responding to it as an artist. And I think that you really have put yourself out there. You know, I don't like to get too much into the weeds because I like, I need this as an escape from all that. Right. Right. But I, I I think it's really important to talk about it as an actor and like why it's important to you to be vocal yeah right now in this time in history
1: uh, you know i have a little hard i have a little bit of a hard time being especially vocal too because i feel like there's so much uncertainty there's so much that i don't know it's really hard for me to feel like i can stand on some precipice and speak the truth when i you know none of us even the most educated among us are are not especially well informed on I mean, day to every day, detail. it's like an entirely new narrative coming out uh, every day. Every day, it's it's insane, and it's really hard to track, and it's frustrating, and th- it doesn't feel like we have a lot of honesty, and it doesn't feel like we have a lot of integrity, and you can control your sources, but I th- I think the reason being vocal is important is because there are people in all of these communities. I try if I am vocal about about anything, I try to uh, make it. In a positive light, something advocating something that benefits humanity, or uh, insisting that some organization that is, you know, particularly uh, involved in in some aspect of this and and the benefit of that organization or what they're doing uh, right. for the good of mankind, as opposed to just trashing politicians or tearing down people, even though that's a ripe premise, as we know. But like I said, there's. There's a lot of uncertainty, so I, I'm not super comfortable doing that, and I don't think that people who disagree with me ideologically respond very well to that. I think we know that right you're from Ohio I'm right. from Ohio. I know that my family is is particularly defiant and particularly stubborn, and especially if I start spouting off something that I read on Politico or in The Economist or something, right. they just roll their eyes and walk away from it they won't they won't uh, listen to me so I think by virtue of being a little more positive, a little more um, inclusive, that maybe right. we could start to have conversations. Because I do know that if we just cling to the people who agree with us and huddle in our corners and point fingers at the other side and say, you guys are morons and they do the same to us, then I'm not sure what growth can really come of that.
0: I think that comes from us being from the Midwest and and, and then going out to New York yeah. and LA yeah. and, and, you know, there's there's a view of... Both you know Midwest folks and also of of people on the coast that is just like wrong, yeah, so a lot of times you're like you just need to listen to each other, that you are not that different from each other right a lot of times i'm just I'm just <clears throat> heartbroken that there's just a lot of the talking past right each other i mean um, it, it, it
1: is a kind of curious instance where it'd be one thing if we were having arguments about policy or about i mean this isn't anything rev- revelatory but if we were having arguments about policy it'd be one thing but we're having arguments about the the struct about the what is true and what is untrue on completely d- parallel univ- or universes so we're not arguing right. a specific issue we're arguing the foundational information that supports that issue and whether or not that's even true which is an insane time to try and have a conversation with someone whose ideas are different from your own. But like you say, I think if we can appeal to the goodness in humans and the fact that we all want what's best, I think we know that deep down. We all want from any side of the aisle, we want the best thing and everyone wants that. So
0: right, we may it's have different ideas about
1: how to get there, but I think if we can a- agree on that at least... And not villainize each other so much. There might, be, there might be some progress to be made.
0: Well, one of the best days I've ever had in Los Angeles was the day of the Women's March. Yeah. And you're going to like this. Cause you took the, got a, took the train! I took the train. I took that train. That was mayhem. Did you and, take the red line? Yes. Uh, wait, uh, yeah. That's what I would have taken, right? From the valley? Oh, no. From, from, from where you
1: were. I got you. I
0: got gotcha, you. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. My mom listens to this. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> top
1: secret. Your uh, secret <laughs> <so>, safe <laughs> for me, bud.
0: I got, I got, um, we had to get on the train, Gerald and I, and all of our friends uh-huh. who were going down there, we were going to go downtown. Well, we had to get on the train and go all the way to Santa Monica and then come back because the there were so many people on, on those trains, uh, just to get on the, the, the Metro was insane. It yeah. was the same was true. Like,
1: I was coming from the Valley, but the same was true yeah. that we had to go to the end of the line and take it back. And at one point they cut off. Access to it because they were it just inundated the system. No one, no one had any idea it was going to be that. Yeah,
0: I know. You're like defending. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, It's, no, not, their fault, it's take... not their
1: fault. <laughs> they did everything right. No, it's so true. They no one have have
0: ever. I, I would be shocked if anyone, if, if LA has ever had a day that more people use public transportation. I, I, than I day. can't because imagine. There were 750,000 people downtown, and yeah. 90% of them came through public transportation. Wasn't that
1: thrilling, yeah. though?
0: Yeah, I, it was. It was one of the greatest days of my life just to see humanity coming together, Same. and it was it was pretty quiet. Yeah, you know, like it just felt like it was it was so necessary it, and important. It's so
1: funny coming from New York, which is so crowded, but everyone obviously in New York is in you know uh, very sure-footed and. Will completely throw you into the street if you're in their way. It was very cool to look at an environment that could have easily turned riotous and gotten very dangerous, and lots of people could have gotten hurt. And it really could have been worst case scenario at almost any turn. There's
0: hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, We got off the
1: train, and there was they couldn't even do the march because it was just there. It was as far as the eye could see in any direction. It was shoulder to shoulder. And had anything gone awry, that would have turned into mayhem immediately. And it was really right. encouraging that everyone was so positive. You bump into somebody and they, instead of turning around and getting pissed at you, were just like, you know, looking to relate, yeah. which, was, which yeah. was, I walked around with a smile on my face that entire day, even though it was worst case scenario for uh, anybody who doesn't want to, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder in a massive crowd and have no idea what's going on.
0: Right, right. But I will say one of my favorite parts of it was riding the train Mm-mm. for the hour and a half, two hours <laughs> that we were on there and just getting to talk to strangers yeah. in Los Angeles, something that's very rare. Doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so, all right, let's, public let's have a conversation about public transportation in LA. And you're going to get me to Hamilton at the Pantages. Brings people together, man. On the public transportation. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for talking with Thanks me. For I for having I, me. The, the, you know, I think it's pretty clear now that we've had this conversation to everyone listening, like why I wanted to have uh, you on, and I think that Patch. your your <laughs> your story it's it's all about Patch. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know about. I'm glad
1: uh, um, I'm glad we aired that because uh, it needed to be told.
0: <laughs> all right, so um, I'm going to now go and look on YouTube for any kind of footage I can. No find. No such
1: thing, because this was early, bud. This was '99. 2000 maybe you never know
0: you never know people are uploading stuff from the that's true there
1: could be a vhs come to haunt me
0: that's right that's right we'll find it um thank you so much for doing this i hope to see you soon when i get to la yeah see you in a couple months all right bye roars audition side job swimming upstream believe it or not you're living the dream